Amen. Saying hallelujah. By and by. I like the part say, oh, what joy when we get home. Isn't God a good God? Can you imagine the joy when we get home? What kind of joy are you going to have when you get home? When you hear God say, well done, my good and faithful son. What will be your response? What will be your reaction? For we know the rich young ruler in hell, when he opened up his eyes, he had a response. He had a response. That's right. Torment was his response. So I want to know when you hear God say, well done. My good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Come into the joy of the Lord. I'm going to just act up when he say well. When he say well, I'm going to say well. That's what I was waiting for. Well done. My good and faithful servant. Our God is a good God and he is worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be magnified and he's worthy to be glorified. Uh, I, I'm just letting you know my God is an awesome God. So good to be here on this morning with you worshiping God and spirit and in truth my throat's been kind of going in and out on me and I ain't want to sing too hard this morning. I said I'm going to sing hard. I ain't going to be able to preach the gospel. I kind of stuck on the low key a little bit, but the fire was in me, though. The fire was in me. Truly, God is a good God. Um, just want to let you know that um, Sister Dawn did leave this, and she wanted this to be read to the congregation because of her illness, Sister Dawn Smith. It says, bless you for the little things you do in thoughtful ways. Bless you for the way you've brightened up so many days. Bless you for the giving heart so kind as it can be. And bless you in a thousand words for truly blessing me. Uh, sister, she said, uh, Dear East Baltimore Church of Christ, thank you. I have appreciated the calls, the texts, the messages, the cards, and the prayers I have received during my recovery. And I ask you to continue to pray, pray for me as I continue to heal during the next few weeks. I am grateful to God for his blessed for, for he's blessing my life now, all, my now and always. He has surrounded me with loving and supporting saints, and I'm so glad to be in your company once again. In Christian love, Sister Dawn Smith. Amen. It's just so good. See, that's when you know when you go uh, when you when you go uh, uh, and the doctor's got to do surgery or whatever they doing to you. But, you know, it's really you want God to be in a room with them and you want God to be guiding them and God because, you know, anything can go crazy at any time. But so you want God to be in that room with you. So we are so thankful to God for his goodness, his mercy and his grace. And we always like to to, to recognize certain main events that take place, such as anniversaries. Tomorrow will be Brother and Sister Keelan 58th marriage anniversary. <coughs> 58th. 5th. 5th. 58th. 58. We're going to give Sister Keelan a trophy or something. She, uh, <laughs> We give Brother Tom a little one. He get a little one. Right <laughs> and it's just good to, to, to speak out about marriages because they're disintegrating. And marriage is of God. And God loves marriages. So it's all right when people are doing what he say do and hanging in there no matter what. 
for 58 years. Yeah. And, and, and the Cooper, they're celebrating number 50? They just celebrate their 50th anniversary, brother and sister Cooper. That's what I'm talking about. Man, we got some big numbers up in here. 50 and 58, and I'm telling you, that's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. And we, and we have someone who just, uh, 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 a marriage took place recently. That's right. On January the 4th, it took place, a little private little ceremony. And we'd like to uh, just say um, well done to Bernard Wesley Harris and Sister Kiva Fox Harris. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So y'all ain't even know that. They want it. They're they not, not, they nothing too big. Not too big. Nothing too big. That's the smiles would be. So we're thankful to God for that. So good to. Oh, 56 wedding anniversary yesterday. Love it, love it. Big numbers. My goodness gracious. Man, you got to be in the East Baltimore Church of Christ to get numbers like that. That's why you need to be right here. That's why you get numbers like that going on. Man, 56, 58. My goodness. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. So good to see Brother Veal healing nicely. They, he on the outside of the foot. He's sitting on the end corner right now. He making progress. Ain't that all right? Is that all right? He said, he, Brother Veal, Brother Veal is chopping at the bit to get back to work. I mean, my goodness. He, Brother Veal said, they'll let me go. Brother Veal said, they'll let me go soon. I'm going to have to run away for a while. <laughs> but it's good to see him healing nice. Following what the doctor says, going through other things he needs to go to. So when he come back, he can come back at full strength. Is that all right? So we're so thankful to God for that. Uh, we just want to remind you in the bulletin that uh, if you took the discipleship class I gave last year, we're doing a refresher class, two refresher classes to get us kicked off to go out and do God's will. So December I mean, uh, February the 3rd at 2.30 and February 17th at 2.30. That's uh, the 3rd and the 17th. We're going to do a refresher, and then we're going to put our feet to the, to the, to the, to the floor, and we're going to get busy for Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to call ourselves the few. That's our faithful evangelism workers. So we thank God for that. On this morning, I want to bring you um, a message that I want to really call it well, almost like a part two to Brother Frazier's message this morning. It's just uh, going in a different direction, but same theme, same topic, same subject. And the subject that we're dealing with on today happens to be with being able to make sure that we are obeying God and fulfilling his great commission. Now, that's not the title, but that's the theme that we want you to be deal dealing with. The reason why we want to deal with this particular subject is because when you are serving God day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in and year out, sometimes down the road you can lose some steam. Sometimes down the road you can lose some, some fire. Sometimes down the road you can lose some passion. And God does not want it to be like that. So God put certain things in place 
to kind of trigger his children to be able to re-energize them to stay on the job for Jesus. When you look at the text that was so ably read into our hearing in Acts chapter 11 verses 25 and 26, I just want to read this text one more time for emphasis sake. And since the 8 o'clock service has been reading out loud, we might as well read out loud too. 25 and 26. Are you ready? Let's read. Then departed Barnabas to Tarshish for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Amen? When you're reading God's word, I want you to allow God's word in and of itself to fire you up. But if it has not brought you to the level that God will have you to be on, I want you to be ready to use other things to motivate you, to build you up, to encourage you. Today, my sermon that I want to talk about to you is motivated to be a church that works. Motivated to be a church that works. You can see in the text right here that these folk was getting down. These folk were doing those things and they were fired up, especially because in the first century, they had no idea how long it would take for Jesus to come back. And the thought was he could come back anytime. So therefore, they stayed busy doing things and working for the Lord. Now, the way we live today, we say we don't know when he come back because the Lord hasn't told us when he's coming back. But he did let us know the stuff that will be happening. When he was going to come back. And you can see that most of that stuff that he spoke of that would happen is happening right now. In fact, it would not be too early for Jesus to come back right now. If he broke the sky and said, here I am right now, he'd still be right on time. Because those are the situations that have taken place that is causing this world to go off course and to go downhill. Yeah. What I want you to know is, is that when you understand motivation, you, I want you to understand that motivation is that reason for doing something. It is really motivation is that thing that inspires you, that moves you. To do something. For example, when you go and pay $30,000 for a new automobile, just getting that new automobile and you got it is yours now. Now you are motivated to do stuff for this one that you ain't doing for the old one. Now this one. You get to smell good stuff and you make sure it's inside. This car, the other car, you just drive it. This one, you play with it. All the bells and the whistles and what this mean and what that mean. And some of you even bold enough to take out the onion manual. And you're sitting there. What's, what's making you do that? 
because you're motivated because it's a new car that you paid all this money for. So you want to get all you can out of it. You're motivated. You're inspired. Some of you can take that new car and the new car is already a new car. But you're still going to take it and test it out at the car wash with a, with a wax. And you take it down there and you drive it through the car wash. Especially if wind about to come because you don't want the coat to get messed up. So you take it down there and they say, do you want the extra double wax? You say, yes. Why? Because I need the coat for the winter time. And you pay the price and you get the double wax. And, 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 then, and, and, when you, and when you drive the car, you drive the car with some grace. You look out these windows more. You used to only look out that window. But now you turn... You turn, you know. Why? Because you're driving it with grace and you're driving it like, look at this. New car. However, when you're going on a trip with the family and you go out to get a new car that's a rental car, you don't treat it like this car. I mean, it's nice. It's new. It's, it's a rental car. But in your mind, this ain't mine. So basically, you ain't going to take it to get the double coat. In fact, you don't care whether it's got a coat on it or not. Long as it gets you to point A, the point B. You might cue your phone to it, but that's about as much as you're going to do. In fact, some of us, when we get that rental car, when you go to the gas station, you don't know how to put gas in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you ain't checked out the button. You don't know where the button to pop the door to come open. You looked at it. Some folk been sitting in the gas station a long I had to help some folk. They just stand there. I said, let me see. Let me I had to look. I got to find it. Why? See, if it was a new car, you know by now. But with a rental car, it's different because you don't own it. Folk treat stuff that they don't own or consider to be important to them different than they do things that they deem to be important. Anything that you deem to be, when you go out and you buy that brand new outfit, you treat that outfit a little different than you do the old outfits. It's the new outfit. Why you treat it different? Because it's new. You're learning, you're trying along. What I'm trying to say is, is that look, the new outfit, when it's yours, when you own it, you treat it like you own it. That's right. You treat it like it's yours. Mm-hmm. Our faith. Until we own it. As my relationship with God. This is my relationship with him. This is my relationship with Jesus. This is my relationship with Jesus. This is my relationship with the Holy Ghost. This is mine, not yours. You got yours. I got my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And until you look at your faith as being your faith with God, you ain't going to treat it right. 
Because if you treat it like if, if, if it's still mama faith and daddy faith and whoever first brought me here faith, then you ain't going to treat the faith like you ought to treat the faith. And it's going to be hard to get you motivated to do anything that you're not inspired about, that you're not motivated about, that it's kind of been made less in your mind. So God understood that that's how man is. So God incorporated some stuff that he wants to use in all of our lives to keep us motivated if we will let him. My Bible says in Acts chapter number 11, when you look at this text, one thing you have to understand about motivation is this. Motivation is the reason why one is acting or behaving in a certain way. That's motivation. To be motivated is to be inspired in the general desire or willingness of someone to do something. I'm motivated to do certain things in my home to bring peace in the house. So I'm motivated. I don't like taking out trash. But when Sister Bethia gives a certain look, that motivates me to take out the trash. Like when I give a certain look, that motivates her to fix something. Motivation. Not only that, motivation is seen in enthusiasm. How you feel about your faith? Enthusiasm? Drive? Do your faith get you pumped up and moved? Ambitious. Are you ambitious about being able to fulfill your purpose God gave you? Do you got initiative? That means you just do it on your own. Nobody got to tell you. For my Jesus, I just do it. Take that initiative. Not only do you have initiative, but you also have enterprise. Do you can see your personal job or ministry as your, your you, that you own that thing. I hope the song leader, when he's singing, he's singing like he's, he, he own it. Make us feel like you want to sing so we can sing. Enterprise. How about a sense of purpose? Do your faith just being called Christian? How do you feel about that? Ask any United States Marine how he feel about being a Marine. Even ex-Marines, they own that thing. They take pride in that thing, being a, 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 a soldier for the United States. How do you feel about being a soldier for Jesus? Do you own it? Is it yours? How about get up and go? How about get up and go? Sometimes God had to use some things to move folk. Acts 11, verse 19. It says here, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen. Hold it. Sometimes God will use something that looks like a tragedy and turn it into a blessing. Amen. Yeah, yeah. 
to motivate folk to do some stuff. Those saints probably would not have left Jerusalem unless God had to use somebody to run them out. To motivate them to get out of there and go spread the gospel of Jesus. Don't think stuff that happened in your life that seemed like bad stuff. Don't think it might not be nothing bad. God might be trying to motivate you. God might be trying to use this thing to, to move you. And God knows that each and every one of us are moved and motivated by different stuff. What motivate me might not motivate you. So God has a variety of stuff that he can use to motivate us to do what's right. Sometimes he'll try good stuff, give you a promotion. See, if you love him so much, I'm going, I got a, a promotion. You know I'm going to Bible class now. To see if that works. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe that won't work. Maybe God then will come in and bring a trial. Yeah. Yeah. To see if that works. And, and see if that motivates you. Yeah. It appears to me that God has surmised that the only thing that was going to get these Christians out of Jerusalem and scatter them through the world was to bring somebody to, 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 to persecute them. God decided. And let me tell you, I stay more on my knees in time of trouble. Amen. I don't know about you. I stay more on my knees in time of trouble. I, I pray a little differently in times of trouble than in good times. Good times, I thank him and praise him and glorify him. But trouble times, I'm like, please, Lord. Please, Father. I start thinking about different names to call them. Jehovah Nisi. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh. Let's call him different. Trying to get his attention to bring me some relief. Persecution ran them out of Jerusalem as far as Phoenicia, the text says in verse 19, and Cyprus and Antioch. They scattered to those three cities, and those cities were not close by. But they scattered there. Now, what will it take to motivate us? We know what motivated them. What motivated us? How about when you see a whole, somebody's whole workplace get shot up? Does that motivate you to get busy for God? Maybe that's not enough for some people. How about if you see Families disintegrating before your eyeballs. Is that enough to get you motivated? Not for everybody. How about when you see sexual perversion sweeping the land? Is that what gets you motivated? How about when you see youth on youth killing each other? What does that do? Do you just talk about it? Wow, I can't believe they're killing each other. Who well, does that motivate you to get your faith up and say, I'm going to find something spiritual that I can do to help somebody, even if I got to go to a local recreation center and do some type of mentoring class there? How about when you talk about school shootings? 
When you know you got to send your child off to school every morning, do you stop and take a time with them before the front door and pray with them? Just before they leave, say, no, 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 no. I got faith. I own my faith. I know God can help you. I'm going to pray for you for you leave here right now. It ain't got to be a long prayer. I know the bus about to come. It ain't got to be a long prayer. It can be, Lord, bless my child. Lord, help them behave themselves. And Lord, keep an eye on them. In Jesus' name, amen. It got to be long. Amen. It's just got to be something that lets them know that you are asking God to watch over them. Just because that can help our prayer life. Amen. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm just talking about those things that, that, that motivate us. How about, how about just crime in general? Does that motivate you? Okay. Now let's flip the coin then. What would you do if God... Gave you a new high-paying job. Would that motivate you to praise him more? What would you do if God, if you look at your family and see how much God has blessed or is blessing your family? Does that motivate you? See, what inspires you? What makes you and I own our faith? Now watch this now. So persecution came, death of Stephen. he got martyred. Okay. Maybe that's it, Claiborne. What would you say if you found out that a Christian was killed in Washington, D.C. for their faith, standing up to some group about sexual perversion, and this person was killed by that group? Would you just talk about it, or would you say enough? Is enough. I am not going to stand by and watch Christians get slaughtered and killed. I'm not going to stand by and watch Christians be tormented on their jobs. I'm not going to stand by and watch Christians be fired for just for being Christians. I'm not going to stand by and watch Christians be put on the back row or Christ be put on the back row while all this sin is on the front row. Obviously, this martyrdom did it for these people because the Bible said they went to long distance and Antioch was the last city preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only, meaning they did not know yet that the Gentiles could be saved. So they're still focusing on the Jews. Listen. The persecution that followed the death of Stephen proved to be a blessing that re-energized these people. And they go everywhere preaching the gospel. Verse 20 said, and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching to the Lord. I Meaning some of them got so bold, they start talking to folk that he really shouldn't have been talking to. Y'all okay. right. ain't got it yet. Will your faith make you so bold that you talk to folk you shouldn't be talking to? Will your faith make you so bold you be standing up for things, but really you might have to stand, at the end of the day, you might have to stand all by yourself? Will your faith make you so bold that you get so excited and tell when you're teaching somebody that you're going to put all the time and resources and talents you have to in order to help this person who has lost obey the gospel of Jesus Christ? What will your faith allow you to do when you own it? Well, 
God said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. But too many times we're not motivated and we're not inspired because we're chickens. We are scared. We don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. We don't want to say the wrong thing to some folk. We don't want to, I, I don't want to lose my job. Man. I don't feel like all the drama. Man. I don't feel like saying that. All it's going to do is cost, all it's going to do is start some stuff. If you love folks, sometimes you got to start stuff. But I don't want people hating on me. I don't want people saying bad things. I don't want people reviling me. I just don't want no drama. Then you are avoiding the first thing that God said will happen to all Christians. Those who live godly will suffer persecution. There's no way around that. There's no way around folk getting mad at you. But you know this? That there's groups out there right now that are way out of line and bold with it. They are bold with it and will fight you for a lifestyle they want to live. If our faith, if it's our lifestyle, are we willing to fight for what we believe in? Are we willing to call on a stranger who we may not know that well? And start trying to set up a class with them even though it might not go well. Are we willing to knock on somebody's door who we might not know and stand up for God? Are we willing to approach our families and our friends and our co-workers about rather than giggling and laughing with them, tell them that the, that the Bible is right, the doctrine is right, and there's no other book, and there's no other Savior but Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. They're going to get mad at you. They can say you narrow-minded. They can say, I can't believe you saying that to me. Why you talk? I don't want to talk. I don't talk religion. See, but we're not going to do it unless we're inspired to do it. I'm trying to ask you to think about what do you think in your own heart would move you? What moves me? Say that to yourself. What moves me? What would get me so inspired? If I saw it, that I would stand up for the cross of Jesus Christ. Too many times I have found with people of faith is that they choose to fight the wrong fights. We fight fights that God, Jesus Christ was right when he say we strain at nets. And swallow camels. There's some real big stuff happening out here. They nobody said nothing about it. But the minute some little teeny thing that really don't matter happened, I can't believe it. I can't believe they changed the time from eight to eleven. I can't believe now they, 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 they communion go before the collection. Oh. I, 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 that's crazy stuff. We got people dying. We got people living in fornication right in our own house sometimes. And we'll open up our mouths. But the minute something happened that really don't matter to God, we all want it for and the whole world dying. And we're afraid to open up our mouths except in foolish stuff. 
Look at the text. The text says here, they went to the Grecians preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. These Grecians, pagans, more than likely had their own faith already. But sometimes we got to be willing to stand up and tell folk the truth about some stuff. Jacking up is wrong. Well, 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 you mean, you mean, you mean, you, you don't, you, know, you got to live with them first to see if you can live with them. No, no, that's not God's way. That's man's way. God's way is to honor him and he will bless you. Lord, have mercy. Watch the text. Bible said 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them. What did they say, Claiborne, again? And the hand of the Lord was with them. With who? With these scattered Christians who he used what looked horrible, turned it into a blessing, Mm -hmm. and then blessed them as they did their jobs. Oh, y'all got that yet? Doing wrong. They were doing wrong by not obeying him and staying. He martyred Stephen. Which caused them to run because Saul is just causing havoc. They had to leave their stuff. They had to run. I know they upset. I know they faint. Like, what's going on? Why is this happening to us? We Christian. Why is God bringing this into our lives? I can't believe this happened. But the text said, but the hand of God was with them. God is trying to tell us if we just do what we're supposed to do, he got our back. If we just do what God would have us to do, God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Yes, folk will be mad with you. Yes, folk might be upset with you. Yes, folk might not want to deal with you. But what you got to know is, I'd rather have Jesus than this whole world. Amen. Amen. That's right. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And great numbers believed. And turn to the Lord. Let me help you all out here. I'm not talking about going to folk and being rude and obnoxious. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is building up the courage to them to tell them that the Bible is right. right. You can start right there. See how they feel about that. The Bible is right. Well, Grandma, I really, you know, that, that's just a book that's written by man. Grandma, you know, I, no, nobody read the Bible no more because it's old and it's ancient. That's, you can start right there and say, well, let me sit down and study with you because I can show you some stuff that is, that, that's happening right there, relevant. And yes. the Bible is happening right now. Yeah. But you got to take time to say that. Or you can tell, to tell somebody, say, if, who, if it's Jesus or nothing else. There's no other way a person can be saved other than Jesus Christ. And see how folk act. Amen. Just say that. Oh, let me tell you, in the world we living in now, folk will act up when you say that. They don't mind you saying you love Jesus, but they don't want you to make them exclusive. Stand up and make them exclusive. Like I said, you ain't got to be mean or rude. Just say some, some, some real facts to them. So they can say, well, granddad, I'm a, uh, that's kind of narrow-minded. All this stuff, Yoda and all this other stuff, Hinduism. And why are you saying this? And then you can get in your body. Now, now, let me say this for you. Now, 
For those of you who are scared, say, I don't know how to say that. That's why you need to be in Bible study. That's right. Anybody get here right now who said, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know how to do that. How do you tell me how to do it? Bible class is the place where you learn how to do that at. You don't learn right now at a sermon. I'm talking to you with no dialogue. You got to be in a place where you can have some dialogue and say, what if they say this? Did you say that? What if they say this? Did you say that? What if they say, yeah, I'm shacking up and I ain't going nowhere. Then you say, get out of my house. All I'm telling you is, is that what is going to inspire us, what is going to motivate us, what is going to get us enthusiastic, what is going to get us, get us uh, uh, some, 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 some fortitude, some strength to motivate us to go out and do what God had asked us to. And we can do it one soul at a time. Here's what the text says. Then tidings of these things came to the ears of the church that were at Jerusalem. Now, I'll tell you what's happening now. They heard the multitude that was scattered went out everywhere talking about Jesus, and they were making an impact. And they were making an impact even in the quarters of the Grecians. The church was so interested until they summoned Barnabas and said, go and investigate what's happening. But the text say here, the text says here, when glad tidings came, uh, uh, these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, and he was to go as far as Antioch. 23, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad. I'm almost done. Watch this. Brother Bethia, what? What can get us motivated? What can get us inspired? What can get us fired up? What to do it? Let me tell you what I've found in my 30 years of ministry that I've seen do that like none other. And that is when the first person brings somebody to obey the gospel, and then the second person brings somebody to obey the gospel, and then the third person brings somebody to obey the gospel. Then we start talking. We getting the well, people getting baptized. We troubling that water around here, ain't we? Oh, we try, make sure we clean that baptism good. Then the fourth person come and obey the gospel. Then the fifth person comes and obey the gospel. Oh, everybody else getting people in the water. I gotta get me in the water. I'm gonna go out here and talk to somebody. I'm gonna help somebody. Then the sixth person get in the water. And the seventh person get in the water. And the person who's getting them in the water is gonna be inspired like you wouldn't believe. They got that. Then I can't wait for my next one. Because God designed it whereby we are blessed when we give. Oh, man. Blessed are those who it's better to give than to receive. When you think you give and you've changed somebody and you touch somebody's life, that does something for you. It's almost like when a person, when I get my friend to go get a job and they get that job, I feel good about that. I feel like that man didn't have nothing. He couldn't feed his family. I helped him got a job. He's feeding his family. And I ain't bragging about it. I'm just happy that God used me to play a part to help somebody else. 
And if I can help somebody to get a job, then it's a temporal thing. How does one feel when you help somebody to have the opportunity to have everlasting life? I got two more minutes. I got, I got, I got four minutes. Now I'm, uh, I, 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 I think I'm only feeling this. <laughs> what would it take for us as individuals to own our faith? As individuals, not collectively. As an individual, own up to who God made me. What my purpose is. Now, everybody's purpose may not be to go out and get them. Some of your purpose is to, when they get here, disciple them. Everybody got different gifts. But one thing we got to do is be motivated and be excited about doing whatever God told us to do. And let's go get it done. Watch the text. I'm almost finished. Watch the text. And it's saying, when Barnabas had found Paul, you said when he had found him. When Barnabas had found Paul, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught a few people, some people, much people. You know what that means? Every time they saw somebody, they tried to teach them. They taught much people, and the disciples, they taught so many people that they picked up a nickname. Oh, y'all ain't got that yet. See, some of y'all think that some of y'all think that that was like their choosing. It was like they was in a church meeting and said, "We're gonna call ourselves. Let's call ourselves." Christ. No, no, it was the world that started calling them Christians. Now, ask yourself this question: What kind of stuff do a person have to do to pick to get a nickname? Like, for instance, us guys in here, when we start calling somebody the juice. When we start calling some defense, when we start calling them the, 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 the blue wall, what does it take for that to happen? It, are they called the blue wall just because they stopped somebody one time? Are they called the blue wall because they called stop somebody one time? Is, is, uh, is, is he called the juice just because he ran 99 yards down the field? No. To pick up a nickname means it has to be done so much. Until it is noticeable. Until people can see what's happening. And then when they see it enough, they start trying to find a way to describe it. Man, he's so fast, they call him the juice. They so strong, they the blue wall. This guy, so, he's so strong, we call him Hercules. It's a reputation. I wonder right now, what's my reputation as it relates to my faith? I wonder when people see me, do they say, here come that Bible thumper? Do they say, okay, everybody break up. Here he come. You know, he can talk about God. What do they say? What do they say? Uh-oh, don't say nothing. Whatever you say, don't go on religious topic because she's going to say something. Church, that's inspiring. I'm going to close out with this. The Bible says here, and 
when you pick it up at verse number 27, and in these days, they came a prophet from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the spirit that he, that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world that came today in the days of Claudius. Now, one more, one more thing God did. Who was it that inspired this prophet? God. And what did God inspire this prophet to say? A famine is coming. And in that next verse, what did that word of a famine come in? And when that famine finally came, what was the response of those new believers? The Bible said here in verse number 20, 29 and 30, and the disciples, every man, uh, the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send, really meaning I'm going to help my brothers. I don't care what, I'm going to relieve somebody's pain. They were determined. That's inspired, church. That's motivated. They were determined to send relief unto the brethren, which dwelt at Judea. They could have said, that's their problem. That ain't our problem. That's that congregation's problem. Well, that's congregation problem. No, it said that they were determined that they're going to send relief to their brother, which was at Judea in verse 30, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul, meaning we ain't got much, but take this. If I can help in this way, take this. Church, that's motivation. And all I leave you with on today is we got to be motivated to be a church that works. To work how? Well, you see it in the bulletin. Whenever you go visit somebody at the hospital, let us know. Send, us a text. send me a text. Send Kiva, send Minnie, or send Ornette a text. That's their hospital visit until we get the whole system put together. If you... Uh, 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 if you contact somebody, you talk to somebody in the supermarket, let us know. I talked to somebody in the supermarket today. If you, if you, if you, if you uh, 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 some got a new BCC from somebody, uh, we should not only have to get BCCs off the radio. Amen. Amen. All of us know a whole lot of folk that need a BCC. Just say, here, take this and read this. Especially if they're a family member, say, do me a favor. I want you to do this lesson for me. It's only one lesson right now. And if you like it, I'll give you another one. But do this lesson. It's that simple. Right. You know, if you grandma or uncle favor, uncle, they can do it. Say, okay, uncle. I even listen. I don't know about y'all, but even I give them to them. I said, do it. I said, if you do it real good, I'll give you five dollars. <laughs> incentivize it. Thank you. Yes. You incentivize everything else. Go to the store for me. You can get yourself a soda. Go upstairs and get my slippers, I give you 50 cents. You incentivize everything else. You made, you made dinner tonight, you did real good, I'm gonna give you movie money. You know, you incentivize everything else. Put some investment in God. So you made a throw the BCC. Maybe, maybe, maybe a, a new member connection. Maybe somebody placed membership here and you are connecting with them. Let us know I'm connecting with somebody. All we wanna see to one another is that we are getting to work for Jesus. Amen. That we are motivated. This ain't bragging. That's right. 
those of you who just don't want to put your name, don't put your name. Just say one visitation. That's good, but if I find out who you are, I reserve the right to say, you, say, say your name. You guys slide in the chair, slide on down. I ain't going to kill you. Slide on down. Hospital visit, member visit. You go see Brother Anderson, you go see somebody else sick, one of our members who's there, let us know. I went to visit them. Discipleship class, benevolence requests, a new, a new visit from members, whatever personal work. If, you, if you're doing a personal work with somebody, tell us. Wouldn't it be good to look in the bulletin and see we got 12 personal works being done? How would that make us feel as a congregation? I don't know what 12 you are, but 12 of us in here is sitting down with somebody, study with them. Hallelujah. That would just inspire all of us. So I'll leave you with this. You see here that this church, by the power of God, was motivated, even by trouble, to go out and do God's will. But the hand of the Lord was with them. When we become and be busy being a church that work, God will do the same thing with us. Because God always backs up what he owns. And God is the owner of the church. So God going to back up what's here. He's going to support what's his. But you got to own your own faith. Work out your own soul salvation with fear and with trembling. Brother, why don't you preach a joy sermon today? We had enough joy sermons. We had yelled and scream enough. I'm glad you had pumped up and encouraged, and I can't do it all the time because trouble will always come. I'll, 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 I'll be doing pumping you up all the time. Because you ain't going to stop trouble. All of us are going to have trouble in our lives every now and then. All, all of us. Every week somebody's going to be going through something. That's the way this thing works. The question is not that troubles come. The question is how are you going to respond? When persecution come, how you gonna handle it? When persecution, how you gonna are you gonna man up and woman up and say, you know what, God got this. I'm doing His will. Or are you gonna let the devil find your weak spot and then constantly touch that button that gets you off course? Are y'all ready to be a church that work? Oh, y'all ain't hear nothing. Y'all ready to be a church that work? Yeah. One more time. Are we ready to be a church that work? Yeah. Amen. So these couple of weeks, I'll be checking our phone numbers. Me, Sister Cooper, Sister Fox, uh, 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 our numbers in the bulletin. Just text it. Oh, they out, they're both of our cell phones. Just text us. Got one. And what we're going to do is forward those to Sister Kiva. Sister Kiva, you can put those in the bulletins. And soon I will pick one or two people. Now, if you don't want to bother the ladies, you can just text, text me and I'm going to forward it. And I'm going to forward it. And I'm going to forward it. Amen? Amen. Church, God loves us. This world is dying. This world is in trouble. And if the people of God who he ordained to get the work don't get the work, folk will die. Folk will be lost without Jesus Christ. And I told you this about 10 years ago. I'm going to say it one more time. I would be so mad at you if I was your friend. And you talk all kinds of chit chat to me and ain't never say nothing to me 
about the Bible being the only book, about Jesus being the only Savior, and that I can't get to heaven without Jesus. Have you never told that to me and I'm standing in a burning hell? You on my mind. What kind of friend would do this to me? Take that home with you. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, you got to hear God's word, believe God's word, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and get yourself baptized in Christ for the remission of your sins. Amen. If you got somebody out there who, who uh, want to be taught and you just can't teach them, please let us know about it. Me, let Brother Veal, let somebody know about it. Brother Veal, if he's heavy in evangelism, let him know about it. He'll let me know about it, and we can go get this thing done together as a family. Amen? Amen. If you're out there, subject to the Savior's invitation, the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and come and get baptized right now as we all stand and sing the hymn of invitation to give somebody out there, get them motivated to do God's will. What can wash? Maybe you're out here this morning and maybe you have somebody that needs to be prayed for. Maybe you need to be prayed for. Maybe you got family members that need to be prayed for. Don't minimize prayer. Prayer works. Prayer changes things. Sometimes you can go to that person because you are Christian. You are, you, are, you are a priest of God. And you're able to get on your knees and pray and make intercession for that person. But there are times when situations are so traumatic and troubling where you need to grab the help of other people. And ask a group of folk to pray for you. That's right. You need to pray. That's one of the things that our senior members decide they want to do. They're going to be calling us on the telephone. They want to be like prayer warriors. And I love when old folk get to be prayer warriors. I mean, they ain't nothing like them. They, be there. They, just, they just know how to do it. I mean, young folk do too, but I just like when the seniors do it. Somebody, why? Because they got some experience. When I say I'm broke, they know what that means. Some folks, you ain't been broke. See, that, uh, the older you are, the more life you've been through. You know what broke means. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, oh, I'm going through some pain. You know what pain means. So those are the type of things we're going to do for one another. But if you're here right now and you need prayer or prayer for somebody else, ask God. Ask us to pray for you. The fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous man means a lot. It availeth much, the text says. If you're struggling with something, let God bless you. But most of all, I want you to take all this week to think about, Lord, what can motivate me? What can inspire me to do what I know I need to do? I, I didn't need the sermon to know that's what I need to do. I just need to know how to get it done. So, Lord, I'm asking uh, us, God to be with us. I'm asking us to just think about it, how we can get ourselves motivated to get back to work for Jesus Christ. If you're out there and you want to be saved, the water's ready, heaven's ready, the angel's ready. You're at the right place. The Bible is right. Jesus is the only Savior. There's no salvation outside of him. You've got to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. Amen. And if you're willing to do that right now, he that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. Simple as ABC. So if you want to do it right now, won't you come forward right now as we sing this last stanza. Nothing.
Then for sin at all, nothing but the blood of Jesus. None of good that I have done, nothing but the blood. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Oh, precious is the blood. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Makes me right. Thank you for your word, Lord. No other found. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. Motivated to be a church that works.